Welcome back to another episode of the Been There, Read That podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Batty. As always, this program is brought to you by ChristianResearcher.com. This week, we want to discuss some reading that I've been doing in the book of Zechariah. I'll give you a little bit of background on why I'm doing studies in the book of Zechariah. We just finished up here at the Rockville Road Church of Christ in Indianapolis. We've just finished up a gospel meeting with my father, George Batty, and he taught his series through the book of Revelation. It was a Sunday through Sunday meeting, about 10 sermons. They were all focused on different chapters and passages within the book of Revelation. And one of the more fascinating studies that was presented, I say more fascinating, they were all really interesting, very good. If you haven't heard his series, I would go to our website, indiechurchofchrist.com. And you can download for free and listen to all the sermons that were presented in that series of meetings. Again, that's IndyChurchOfChrist.com. And you can download all of George Batty's sermons on the book of Revelation. One of the more interesting, I guess one of my favorite sermons that he gave, was the sermon on the two witnesses of Revelation 11. And in Revelation 11, the question becomes, who are these two witnesses? And I thought Dad gave a really stro- made a very strong case for his position uh, a lot of times, the two witnesses have been interpreted as the Old and the New Testament, and it becomes a scene of judgment. Now, Dad argued in a sermon on measuring the temple that the first couple of verses of Revelation 11, when the temple is measured, it's not a scene of judgment upon the church. It's a scene of uh, preservation of the church. And then, then you have these two witnesses that are introduced. And Uh, They're described in chapter 11, verse 4, as these are the two olive trees and the two lampstands standing before God, the God of the earth. And Dad pointed out that in Revelation chapter 1, verse 20, you have a rare occasion where Revelation defines its symbolism that it's using, where the Bible says there, the seven lampstands which you saw are the seven churches. So whenever you're seeing lampstands in the book of Revelation, you need to understand that the lampstands represent churches. And so when we get to Revelation 11, verse 4, we need to understand these two lampstands as, uh, or the two witnesses as being churches, faithful churches. Uh, why are there two of them? And I'd argue that two is the number of judgment. You have to have two or three witnesses in order that any word might be established. That's a principle that's taught all the way from the book of Deuteronomy all the way through the book of Revelation. So you have two witnesses for the sake of judgment being passed upon the earth, not upon the church. The the people of God, represented by these two lampstands, will judge the earth. Uh, furthermore, you have two because there were two faithful churches presented in the book of Revelation. Of the seven churches presented in Revelation chapter 2 and, and 3, only two of them were faithful witnesses in their time. And so they're being set forth here in chapter 11, verse 4, as the two faithful witnesses of Christ. They're also called witnesses because Jesus himself in Revelation chapter 1, verse 5, was called the faithful witness. And the people of God, the church of God, are to imitate Jesus Christ. They are to reflect his image and glory, to be like him, so to speak. And so for these reasons, I thought Dad made a strong case that the two lampstands represented the faithful churches. Now, 
In chapter 11, verse 4, the Bible says these are the two olive trees and the two lampstands. And this imagery of two olive trees comes from Zechariah, thus the reason I've been studying Zechariah. To understand what the symbolism is of the olive trees, the symbolism of the lampstands seems pretty clear. But what is the symbolism of the two olive trees? The only place that you find two olive trees presented in the Bible outside of Revelation 11.4 is in Zechariah chapter 4. And so I've been doing some reading and studying in Zechariah chapter 4 to understand and appreciate what's going on in that passage. So let's talk a little bit about the background of the book of Zechariah, because that may be a book of the Bible that most of our listeners are familiar with. Zechariah is placed in the time of the restoration of the kingdom of Judah from Babylonian captivity. Zechariah is a prophet of God, contemporary with Haggai, and he is writing in the beginning of his letter encouraging words, prophesying about the rebuilding of the temple. Zerubbabel is the governor, and he has been sent to rebuild the temple and the walls of the city, and uh, he started off laying the foundation, and he has met with some difficulty. The book of Zechariah begins with Zechariah receiving eight night visions, the first five of which deal with promises regarding the restoration of the temple. In the fourth night vision, Zechariah sees Joshua the high priest standing before God in filthy robes and Satan the accuser standing there to accuse him before he is allowed to be accused. You have this great scene of forgiveness and redemption where Joshua's filthy clothes are taken off of him and they are replaced with clean garments. And the point is he is standing justified and made righteous, forgiven before God so that he can go back and begin ministering in a temple that's going to be rebuilt and there's going, it's predicting this restoration of Israel. In chapter 4, in the fifth vision, now we're seeing Zerubbabel, who is the one who is going to build the temple, and he is having difficulties as well in accomplishing his task, and so there's a word given to Zechariah to offer encouragement to Zerubbabel. The vision of encouragement that Zechariah is given is of a lampstand, where at the top of the lampstand there is a bowl that is collecting oil. From this bowl proceeds seven pipes to seven lamps, and the lamps are said to be the eyes of God that roam about throughout the earth. This bowl at the top of the lampstand is collecting oil that comes from two olive trees, that one stands by the right side and the other by the left side of the lamp, and there are branches going from the olive tree into this bowl, giving a continual supply of oil. When Zechariah sees this vision, he asks the angel who is telling it to him or giving it to him, what does all this mean? And the angel replies to him that this is a word of encouragement to Zerubbabel, that not by his strength or might or power is he going to rebuild the temple, but by the Spirit of God. And so we understand that uh, the oil that is coming into the lamp is the word of God or the Spirit of God to Zerubbabel. Now, the question becomes, who are the two olive trees? The traditional position that you'll read in most commentaries is that one tree represents Zerubbabel and the other tree represents uh, Joshua the high priest. And so you have the kingly role and the priestly role. This is the most common position. This is a position that James E. Smith takes and the majority of commentaries. And the idea is that God, through Joshua and through Zerubbabel, is going to supply the spirit to the people of Israel, the people of God, so that they can go about restoring the temple, and the temple can once again be a light to the nations around. Uh, that seems 
all well and good until you get over to Revelation chapter 11 where you have the two olive trees standing there which are also the two uh, the two witnesses and you start to wonder what is the symbolic connection of this if the two olive trees in the book of Zechariah represent a king and a priest what's that mean in the book of Revelation are we to understand this as a king and a priest working within the church that's giving a witness uh, this is a little bit odd. In doing a bunch of reading and research, um, I was reading through all my commentaries, and I've, I've checked a number of different ones, and I felt like the most helpful position that was granted was in Anthony Peterson's commentary on Zechariah, which is part of the new expository, the ESV expository commentary series. I've never really interacted with this commentary. This is my first read. I really have enjoyed it. It's, it's a very well written. It's smooth. It's enjoyable to read. And... Peterson presents several arguments of why he doesn't believe that the two olive trees represent Zerubbabel and Joshua, but rather they represent Zechariah and Haggai. Let me read his quotation for you. Quote, While these two are commonly identified as Joshua and Zerubbabel, the two leaders mentioned in the fourth and fifth visions, they are better understood as the prophets Haggai and Zechariah for the following reasons. One, the description of their standing by the Lord of the whole earth indicates the prophet's privileged access to the divine council. See 1 Kings chapter 22 verse 19 and Jeremiah chapter 23 verses 18 through 22. Number two, the Old Testament often connects the work of the Spirit with prophecy. See Zechariah chapter 7 and verse 12. Number three, the reconstruction of the temple is attributed to Haggai and Zechariah. Elsewhere, see Ezra chapter 5 verses 1 and 2. Ezra chapter 6 verses 14 and 15, and Zechariah chapter 8 and verse 9. Number four, Revelation 11 verses 3 through 4 creatively reuses this vision depicting two prophets as olive trees. And number five, identifying them as Haggai and Zechariah connects this vision with the two prophetic messages about Zerubbabel in Zechariah chapter 4 verses 6 and 7 and verses 8 and 10. End quote. Okay. One of the difficulties that was presented and why a lot of people believe that it is Zerubbabel and Joshua is because the two olive trees are referred to as the anointed ones. As a better rented, rendered, sons of new oil. The word that is translated oil is never referenced or used in reference to the anointing of either priest and kings. And so this, this concept that they are the anointed ones or the anointed priest and king in the situation, I, I think has less weight to it than what is initially observed. The new oil can reference prophetic messages coming from God. And to Peterson's point, it seems to make a stronger position that Zerubbabel is the lampstand who is receiving the Spirit of God. That's what the vision is stating throughout. And that Haggai and Zechariah are the ones supplying the Spirit from God, or in other words, the message from God. This also fits well within the book of Revelation, the two witness scenes. The two witnesses are the two churches. That's why uh, they're, they're called lampstands from Revelation chapter 1. We get that lampstand symbolic, uh, symbolic meaning, that they are the churches. And then if the two olive trees in Zechariah 4 are the two prophets, that means that the two witnesses are also prophets. In other words, they are God's voice in the world and that it describes aptly 
who the church is. The church is God's voice. They're preaching forth or declaring forth the message of God to the world. That's why they're being persecuted in Revelation 11. That's why they are slain and why they lay dead in the streets. That's why the nations of the earth are rejoicing at the death of the two witnesses. So I present this for your consideration. I found it very interesting reading. Um, Again, I've, I've consulted a number of different commentaries. I felt like Peterson's was the most helpful in this. It's not the traditional position, but I think contextually it's better. You have the vision about Joshua in the fourth vision, and you have the vision about Zerubbabel in the fifth vision, and they are two separate visions. They're not talking about both characters at the same time, and it emphasizes the prophetic role of Zechariah and Haggai in building and accomplishing the work that was being set forth. So I share that all with you for your consideration. This is a shorter episode of the podcast, and I hope it's been beneficial, gives you a little bit of insight into what's a little bit of a difficult passage. But if you haven't, again, heard George Batty's presentation on the book of Revelation, I would highly encourage you to go to IndieChurchOfChrist.com, download that material, and it's going to take you a while to get through because each presentation is about an hour in length, but an hour very well spent in a much-neglected book of the Bible. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or comments, you can message them to us at christianresearcher at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends and neighbors. Have a great week, and Lord willing, we'll catch you next week. Better is our sacrifice. He paid the, he paid the price, the price. He paid it all upon the cross. No longer bound by sin or with eternal loss. He took my sin and washed it away. When I was immersed in that watery grave, I heard that gospel call because he paid it all.